Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall, and we endeavor to bring to you the current events from a constitutional perspective, from history and from truth, not from the fake news, and we're going to bring you the stuff that you're not going to see anywhere else that you ought to be paying attention to. Uh, Case in point, J.C., the very first story up today on our show, it happens in Florida. A man in Florida... Dunedin, Florida. By the way, our friend Mary Smith. Dunedin. Dunedin, sorry. Dunedin, Florida. Uh, well, I've heard people call it Dunedin, actually. That they was don't know what they're talking Dunedin. about. Dunedin. Okay, so Dunedin. Anyway, we actually have a friend who's moved there. Uh, Dunedin, Florida, who, uh, who left his home to take care of his, his dying mother in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Hired a contractor to maintain the property while he was gone. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to him, the, con- the, the groundskeeper passed away. And while he was gone, get this, his grass grew too high. And the city issued him a fine of $500 a day. Because his grass was too high. And then, according to Mr. Ficken, he never got notice. So he was like on this, I don't know if you remember the super secret probation status, right? The city finds him. They don't even give him notice that he's fine. And he owes them, according to the city now, $30,000 because his grass was too high. And now they want to foreclose on his home because his grass was too high. You see, when you stop paying attention to local government, when you stop paying attention to state government because, you know, Donald Trump is going to change the world, he's going to fix everything, and federal politics and the and the political theater over there is so... Uh, glamorous and exciting this is what happens how is it that a man can have his home foreclosed upon because his grass was too tall because he's surrounded by low lifes here's if you're watching us on youtube right now here are those people so three of them there's three of them right there are more. There's more. You got. I, I wish you put this. I, no, I need the pictures of the neighbors. Oh, they're they're the low ones, lives also. The ones who turned him in for his grass being too high. Correct. So if you watch YouTube, you see what low lives look like. 
the city man the city I'm sorry, that should say city attorney. I, I miswrote oh, that. Oh, good. I was like, I wish you had put the city attorney up there, yeah. but Tom no, Trask. Tom Trask is city attorney, the not, city attorney, not city manager. Okay. Mike Twitty is the property appraiser. Julie Bujowski is the mayor of Dunedin. Uh, and they want, they all want, they all had part in the process of uh, wanting to foreclose on this retiree's home for not mowing his grass, right? At any time, first off, it. it it starts with the neighbors, okay? And right. this is, by the way, this is the mayor's response. Well, you know, this is a citizen uh, initiated, citizen board, the enforcement board, whatever. The city, the, the neighbors call and complain, and they, like some homeowners right. association. Right. So, so she takes the position. Board. Yeah, but she takes the position like, there's nothing I can do. We have to find him. We have to foreclose on his home. Okay. So this is why, to me, everybody in the process is a low life, right? So the mm -hmm. neighbors, the neighbors, right, their complaint is, he's been gone two weeks, grass too high, blah, blah, they call the board, okay? So number one, you have, you know the grass is too high, right? You, you have that knowledge. Number two, you have the knowledge he hasn't been home for two weeks, okay? Let me tell you what a non-low life does. A non-low life either grabs their sling blade or grabs their mare, and you go mow your neighbor's grass for him, your neighbor right. whose mother has died. You don't grab and, your and mare, you, you grab your mower. Exactly, you <laughs> morons. So there's a whole neighborhood full of low lives, mm -hmm. a whole government a government official low life. So Julie, or whoever receives this complaint, right, the property appraiser, M Mike Twitty could have at any point said, Oh, okay. All right. Here's this the deal. Here's gone. the deal. After work, I'm gonna go over there and mow the the guy's grass. No, these are all bunch of low life robots who have no conscience, who have no morality. Well, I don't really have a choice. They gave the complaint, so I have to take a guy's home away for not mowing his grass. Just total failure of community. Total failure of morality. There are probably 50 people in this entire process who could have at any time said, I'll go mow his grass. Like we're about to move to Tampa. I'll find out where the guy lives. I'll go mow his freaking grass since everybody in Dunedin is a bunch of freaking lowlifes apparently. You know, I think this is exactly what part of what, what Samuel Adams was saying when he said um, that the society will collapse on itself when knowledge and virtue are ignored, when they're yeah. not dispersed, when they're not preserved. These this is a make virtue. Sick. This is a virtue matter. This is a virtue matter. I mean as as an attorney, like so let's say you're Tom Trask, the city attorney, and this comes to you, what do you do? I get some people together from the church and we go mow his grass. Right, and you but Seriously. I mean come on, you look at the property appraiser and whoever and go, guys, really, come on, no, no, I'm not I'm not filling out this form. Not No, I'm not typing up anything. Here's what we're going to do, right? So anybody in this process, anybody, any one of them with an ounce of morality could have stopped this and done the right thing at any time. So this is a demonstration that nobody from start to finish, not a single person is innocent in this process. Not a single person apparently has an ounce of decency in them well see as a, if i were the city attorney right if i were if chris ann hall were the city attorney of dunedin rather than tom trask because obviously mr trask ha has a serious not only morality issue but he has a serious uh liberty issue he's a serious under uh, misunderstanding of the florida constitution and of the u.s constitution because there are aspect of the florida constitution that mirrors the u.s constitution that talks about 
unreasonable fines, unreasonable right. uh, punishments. Yeah, $500 a day for not okay. mowing your grass? Right, how, how do you not understand that as an attorney to be an excessive fine? Excessive fine, right? Not only that, not only $500 a day, but you're taking this man's property without due process I mean, it's $500 a day is one thing, right? You, you, you okay, so we, we decided as a community that $500 a day is, is not an excessive fine for cutting somebody's grass. I'm, okay, I don't know how you can come to that conclusion. I'll just jump right out yeah. there. And as an attorney who, who studies law, who studies the principles of law, the principles excessive fine, I don't know how you could, as a, an attorney knowledgeable, not just simply moral, but knowledgeable of these standards, could say that this is not an excessive fine. So, is it, he's, so he's an incompetent in yes. addition to being immoral. immoral. Yes, so Tom Trask is not only in immoral, he is incompetent as well. And so here's the thing. You're, you're not just fining him $500 a day and then telling him, here's your payment plan. You're fining him $500 a day to the tune of $30,000, right? There has to be a, a ceiling there somewhere to the tune of $30,000. And then instead, instead of saying, okay, we've hit our ceiling, you owe us $30,000, here's your payment plan. They foreclose on his home. I want to know, this is my question, JC. I want to know. A bank can foreclose on a home when you fail to pay your loan. Right. Why? Because the bank has an ownership vested in that loan because right. technically the bank bought that house. Yeah. How, right? how does a city government move to foreclose there, on a home? What you is the own ownership? The what is the ownership title in the city to foreclose on someone's home? There is no ownership title that rests within the city on this mortgage for this man's home. So to be a city attorney and say, okay, $500 a fine, dollars a day for your grass is a fine. And then to say, okay, $30,000 is your fine. But then to go one step further and claim that the city has an ownership in this home to the point where they can foreclose on his home, take his property. I don't I don't even know how you can wrap your brain around something like that. You I, know what that is? That is that is throwback to Norman Kingdom law. Feudalism. It is feudalism. It is well it's further proof of what serfdom. I teach. What what the, the what was the, I forget now the author, the road to serfdom. I mean yeah. this is serfdom. So if you live He's in Dunedin if you live in the in Dunedin, Tom Trask, the city attorney, Michael Twitty, the property appraiser, and Julie Bajalski, the Dunedin mayor, all believe that you are all indentured servants to the to the city of Dunedin. If you live in the city limits, you are all indentured servants to the city of Dunedin. You do not own your property. You merely possess your property as long as they want you to have it because all it takes, JC, is some ridiculous arbitrary law like your grass is too long for them to come and take back the property they believe they already own i'm just looking at the faces of these people here on youtube right now looking at the faces of these people and thinking how do they sleep at night yeah I, i'm sure how do they sleep at night how I, do they kiss their children how do they lock their door at night knowing that they are serfdom kingdom style tyrants i'm sure they're not on a fixed income like the retiree whose home they're trying to steal i to me the fact that tom trask mike twitty julie bujowski 
uh, had, will have a position in government by this time next week will be a tragedy, a travesty. Okay. It, it, it is, this, this is disgusting. And we need, we need judges, we need lawyers, and, and the good news is, is that, that Mr., uh, let me pull up, pull up his picture here, because I, I forgot his name, Mr. Ficken, Jim Ficken, is now suing the city, which he ought to. So what we need is a judicial system that absolutely works in this situation, a judicial system that will defend this man's property. But you know what, JC? What we need right now? We need a sheriff who knows his duty to protect this man's property when even the government is trying to steal it from him. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Can I just mention to you that America was built on the principles of property ownership? That our whole battle for independence was about property. That James Madison wrote an essay in 1792 titled Property that said when government can arbitrarily seize the property of another for the surface uh, for the service of other people you have a wicked and vile government you have a government that is th- that is no longer he calls them he calls them a press gang right which is a bunch of hired mercenaries who 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 enforce unlawful laws by the king when the people themselves will not enforce those laws. Now, the Institute for Justice is defending, is taking his uh, case. The Institute of Justice, you can find them at, at ij.org. Institute for Justice. Institute for Justice. Actually, his, his picture's on the very front of the page, right? Isn't that Mr. Yep. Finken? He's right. Florida man could lose his home for having long grass. See, this is why places like the Institute for Justice, why Liberty Council, why, I know this is going to tick people off, why the ACLU, these places are, are, supposed, very, to are supposed to exist to defend the rights of the people. But let me mention to you, JC, <clears throat> that, we, that I teach uh, in my law enforcement training course, I teach the history of the sheriff. In 1215, can I just say that again? In 1215, the sheriff stopped being a hireling agent of the king and started being a defender of the liberty and the property of the people. As a matter of fact, Clause 61 of the Magna Carta changes the role of the sheriff and says that the sheriff will defend the property of the people even when the king is the assailant and will help the people uh, restore themselves whole with the and, and, and able to assail the king with whatever power is necessary to make the people whole. I, I'm reminded of Brad Rogers in Elkhart, Indiana, who gave his press statement. So uh, Brad Rogers in Elkhart, Indiana, stood up against the USDA and the FDA from stealing uh, land and from raiding Amish farmers in the middle of the night over raw milk and cheese. He stepped up and he protected these people and he said, look, 
We, I'm not going to tolerate this tyranny anymore. And he wrote the FDA and the USDA a letter and said, I am not going to allow you to facilitate this tyranny in my county anymore. If your agents come into my county one more time without coming first and talking to me and me verifying the legitimacy of their claim, then your agents will be found in my jail. He threatened to arrest federal agents. Right. This was years ago, by the way. Brad Rogers is still sheriff, and he has never again had a problem with the USDA and the FDA. Now, here's the story I'm trying to tell you, the, the life lesson we need to learn from Brad Rogers. He was heralded as a hero by all spectrums of political believers, by the liberals, by the conservatives, and he responded, JC, with a press statement that said, I am being held up as a hero. He says, I am no hero. I am just doing my job. He said, the people of America have a right to their property and we could make some real headway if our government leaders at the state and local level actually stood up and had a little backbone. He called out for these sheriffs to have a backbone to defend their people. Right. And he said, look, I am just doing my job. He said, I am here to protect the people in their lives, their liberties, and their properties from all criminals, from all theft, even when it's the government that's coming after them. That's what the sheriff of Dunedin needs to do. Who is the sheriff in Dunedin? We need to know that because we need to contact the sheriff and tell them. Not only do we need to contact... Well, look, it'd be... It'd be- Pinellas County. I think. Pinellas County. Okay, great. So the sheriff of Pinellas County. I didn't know quite where Dunedin was. Pretty sure you so caught there. So I'm calling out to our listeners. You need to contact Tom Trask, the city attorney. You need to contact Mike Twitty, the property appraiser. Contact Judy Bajalski, the Dunedin mayor, and tell them what the heck. What kind of country do you think we live in? Galtieri. So Pinellas County Sheriff. Pretty sure you've taught there. Is um, the sheriff, what's his name? Galtieri. Galtieri. Pinellas County Sheriff. We need to call the Pinellas County Sheriff and say, look, dude, you got a responsibility to the people of Pinellas County, including those of Dunedin, to protect their property, even when it's the city manager stealing it from them. Again, men tear up our constitution And from every direction We cry around You can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal Hey, JC, this is a principle of Marxism, isn't it? That the people don't actually own their property, that it's the government that owns the property in the name of the people? Or well, socialism, Marxism, whatever. It's tyranny, you, no matter you, what you call it. You can, Oops, sorry. You can own property, personal property. So mm-hmm. in, in uh, communism, So what you're telling me socialism. this is worse than Marxism yeah. then? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> this is kingdom mentality. Yeah. So technically, again, we, we've touched on this, the technical definition, it's owning the means of production. The government owns the means of production. So mm-hmm. it's property used to produce goods. So you can have, so there's a difference between uh, 
you know, capital property and and Project, personal, personal property. property. So like you you know, you can have a toothbrush. That's your personal property. Right. Um, but you things, can actually own your home. Yeah. So things like farms, uh, factories, you know, stuff that's used to create uh, g- commercial goods. The state owns the means of production. So you can have private property within when I know there's people throw around the word communism and all this so often. But <clears throat> so, yeah, it's kind of worse. I mean, because you had in the Soviet Union, you know, like apartments and stuff. I, the people didn't own their apartments in in many cases. So you you can have those extremes in uh, in a communist framework. So yeah, you're like you're. This is this is like toward Soviet communism, like some of the worst versions of communism, mm-hmm. where you, you even you even now uh, you the state uh, even claim ownership of of not just capital property but but they're not just uh you know the means of production but private property as well like you don't Mm -hmm. own anything it's crazy so here when i post this episode on facebook uh when it's on soundcloud when it's on youtube i'm gonna go ahead and include the phone numbers to these people I think yeah. we should be giving them a call. And by the way, Dunedin, and their email addresses. Dunedin's not not viewed as a liberal area. Oh, really? It's not viewed as some leftist stronghold. Hmm. I mean, these are, you know, moderately mod, moderates. You know, a conservative right. area. I mean, it's an area around Tampa, but it's not. This is not some lefty stronghold. It's crazy to me. Well, I'd like to go over to some national news. Uh, JC's going to be mad at me. I didn't actually give him this one show to go. Dude, to I'm, st- I'm like having my morning coffee half asleep. I know, and you're, you're right? You're making me teach classes. I know. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I, it's because I have so much confidence in you. I know oh, you can handle you. it. Thank you. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, I have thrown up here a picture of The View. And this is where JC rolls his eyes, right? The View. So The View is going to educate us on American politics. And apparently, I just want you to... Speak for yourself. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, no, 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 that's their perspective, not mine, right? So their perspective is they're going to educate us on American politics because actually we have the brightest of wisdom right there on The View. So, um... This is what they propose. There's a brand new, and, and I say this, a brand new, being relatively speaking, a brand new uh, movement of the democratic movement. You know, we're a democracy. Democracy is the word. Sure, it's this sure. new democracy movement that says, are you ready for this? I know you're going to laugh. That we should be electing the vice president in a separate ballot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they thought this up all on their own. And they're very proud of themselves because they want to elect the vice president on a separate ballot. No, I've I've read some of this conversation. Well, okay. That's going on. It's because because they don't want So, here's the thing. I I feel like listening to them. Uh they they don't some of these guys having conversations. They don't like Biden, but they want they want someone else that they know can't win the presidency. That someone else in particular is Stacey Abrams. So they want Stacey Abrams, right? Because it's weird you hear them talking about it. They basically are talking like, hey, look, when Biden is president, he's so old, he's going to die. So we need somebody there that we want 
to take over when he dies. I mean, that's actually that's the conversation, that's the conversation. that they're having. They're not saying not no, that no, old. they're not saying it. They're not saying it like that. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah, mean, yeah. that's that's the conversation. But Biden's that's not that old. I'm just telling you. You listen to him. You listen to, like I think I saw a clip of Joy Behar in this conversation. And it's basically what she's saying. And 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 of course, then the other part of it is white guy. They recognize that Biden, because again, even though the radical socialist wing of the Democrats, they kind of, they bully the rest of the party and the leadership and, and you, and it looks like they're in charge, Mm -hmm. but they know the electorate is not, not like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they, they kind of acknowledging that we can't get our radical socialist elected uh, Biden is going to be the one to win. He's the only one we can get elected, but we don't want him. And so now they're trying to devise this plan. How do we get somebody else in there? So this is this is the, okay, the reasoning behind what they're saying. Here's the novel idea, JC. The 12th Amendment yeah, it, to the Constitution already requires right. the vice president to be elected on a yeah. separate ballot. They don't know this because it's not what we do. And and this not the co- I mean seriously they're proud of themselves of of creating this brand new idea when reality it's the Constitution yeah, it's itself that to be dictates like that. that yeah it's supposed we, to be like and that. and they have no idea that it was FDR it was the Democrat Party who actually deviated for and I can't blame the Democrats because the Republicans went along with it without any without any disruption without any discontent whatsoever yeah okay, well I mean it was so a- we're gonna have the president. Choose his running mate. Yeah, sure. the Constitution. You know, forget that. We don't need that Constitution. It's a way to, it's a way to consolidate. You know, the decision making uh, to the party, right? Because right. The, the the theory of the founders was we need we need opposition. We need disruption in government. We right. don't we don't need government to run roughshod over the people. So we're gonna you know we're gonna set up systems. So there's a foil already there. You know. Uh, built into the systems where specifically a president can have a vice president of the opposing party, right? Right. And so they did that on purpose. Yeah. So then well, the move was that, we, the, want, yeah. we want to consolidate this power mm-hmm. so we can run roughshod over the people. So now it's, it's swung back again mm-hmm. where you have the radical socialist split in the party from the sort of mainstream Democrat. And so now they want to go back to the only way we can get in there is by having this disruption. Well, not only that, the 12th Amendment was ratified also because, not only to create that disruption, but also because uh, what is the role of the vice president? Really, the only real constitutional role of the vice president is to be over the Senate and to also uh, be the replacement for the president if something should happen to the president. And the drafters of our Constitution said, if he's going to hold the office of the president, then he should have to go through the same elective process as the president, uh, uh, elected by the same terms of the Electoral College under the same conditions by the states. He should have a separate ballot because he may be president. And so we can't have somebody being chosen by a... Because think about it. If the president of the United States dies now and the vice president becomes president, what you have is uh, is a representation without election. Yeah. Because nobody elected the vice president. Yeah, let me let me speak. I mean, realistically, no one elects a vice president. Right. Let me speak to the political side again. So this is I th- I think 
uh, some of the motivation for this conversation as well is to influence the presidential nominee. So if mm -hmm. that's Joe Biden, they're sort of telegraphing to him, hey, you have uh, you have a, a sizable portion mm -hmm. of the Democrat Party that's not with you. Right. And so they're using this, I think, as a negotiating tactic. I think you're going to see them trying to influence the presidential nominee to pick um, someone from the other segment of their party. So if it's mm -hmm. a non, if it's sort of a non-radical, you know, Bernie Sanders type that uh, is president, then they then they are going to want to say to that guy, hey, you need to pick one of the socialist uh, Democrats, Democrat socialists. That way, you you've sewn up the entire party. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have we don't want to have another Trump phenomenon where we have Democrats voting for Trump. Right. So many Democrats voted for Trump that were the middle of the road. So they're trying to that's the whole reason the reaction to Trump. We need a guy like Biden to bring those Democrats back that went to Trump. Right. But we don't want to leave out the radical young millennial communist either. So that's, I think, the motivation for this conversation to consolidate the Democrat well, voting electorate. As a constitutional teacher, you know, I, I am I am just utterly amused at the arrogance of that millennial generation. You know, we're we're going to invent this whole new process, right? Sure. <laughs> when it's right there in the Constitution. So once again, guys, this is we are a teach show, not a talk show, and this is a very very important way of of bringing forward the, the lessons on the Constitution, a very important way of, of finding these teaching moments. And you can say, hey, look, you know, this is already in the Constitution. The 12th Amendment dictates that yeah. the president, uh, that the vice president must have a separate ballot, must be elected independent of the president. And then you can, and how many doors would that open, yeah. JC? I mean, Wow. Well, when you can you say you had questions, when did that start? Yeah, well, you know? when you can say you realize that document that you hate, mm -hmm. the one that you you want to destroy. Yes. Uh, it actually said that you should do it this way in the first place. Right. So if right. you actually supported the Constitution and followed the Constitution, instead of spending all your time trying to destroy it, you you might actually find things that are helpful. You know to the cause of being mm -hmm. represented in your government. Right, right, right. Like the reapportionment of the House that has not happened since 1920, that the Congress has completely ignored, that we are, we are, we are, well, why don't you have any representation in Washington, D.C.? Because you are woefully unrepresented. You are no longer represented in Washington, D.C. because your representative can't, possibly represent you with the size of the district in many places where there's representation necessary. And so because once again, you know, Nancy Pelosi is our constitutional crisis, because once again, we have failed to follow the constitution from its very, I mean, just the simple principles of an election for Pete's sakes. I'll say again, the constitutional crisis is the treasonous coup on behalf of the Democrats in the house in particular to overturn the rule of law in America. And the Republicans who sit by silent and say absolutely nothing at all when the country is dissolving.
Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily General last segment of this weekend. I just want to tell you I'm so happy that you guys are here with us and I'm watching as the show is growing and growing and growing in listenership. I want to thank you guys just from the bottom of my heart on behalf of JC, on behalf of, of, of the whole Liberty First team, that we are so grateful for what you do to, to send out our message and send out the message of the Constitution. Uh, we, you guys know that we, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, they hate us. They hate us. And I know that... Feelings mutual. (laughs) Yeah, everybody knows that, (laughs) JC. So we all have to recognize, number one, that we work together to overcome, right? We are not victims. This is not a mentality. We don't have the mentality of victimhood here. We're not going to go whining and want to sue and have the government regulate these private industries because, hey, look, you know, we're victims. No, we're going to stand up, we're going to fight back, and we're going to push back. And that's what we do by simply spreading the message. So we're watching our YouTube channel grow. We're watching our Twitter followership grow. Remember, when you're on Twitter, share what we have. If you share what we have, I I, I retweet that. You know, I, I love it when you talk about it to us. JC, we had some in New York this last week, we had some people drop us little notes of encouragement. Mm-hmm. And, and those things, I can tell you, that really makes our day. We're in a hotel room, right, at any given time, talking to a microphone and a computer screen. Hi. Oh, I, from a human nature perspective, it really is reassuring to me when you guys drop us a line and, and tell us. We do our best to, to, to follow up on your comments when you contact us. So um, the Liberty First Gear is a tool for you to share what what we have. There's the one on fake news. There's our t-shirt on socialism. If you're watching us on YouTube, here's the DVDs. We have tons of DVDs where you can share things and teach other people. The More Than Victims DVD. We have the, the freedom and morality t-shirt. Can you imagine, can you simply imagine Uh, what exactly would happen if a bunch of people with a freedom and morality t-shirt showed up to a city council meeting in Dunedin, Florida? I mean, I I don't know. These people, we need to be in the business of calling these people out. We need to be in the business of defending liberty and speaking publicly and teaching. No, I think there's Antifa types need to be uh, exposed to that concept. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many, how many of our young people are lured into the attractiveness of actually getting something done? I think that's maybe why some of these movements, these more aggressive movements, get their membership because they're, city, they're, they're, they're sick and tired of watching their parents and grandparents do nothing but sit around and complain. We've done nothing to show them the power of action. But that's what you're left with when that's the whole point of abandoning the constitutional framework what you're left with then is right. vi- is violence. You right. know? So some of these, some of uh, the useful idiots, let's say, in in the movement, I mean, see themselves as fighting for uh, other, right, standing up for others. So mm-hmm. so they're we're going to fight against the oppression of gays and minorities and whatever. You know, so they, I mean, they're 
they're subjected to the propaganda, the brainwashing, mm-hmm. and so well, but I think some of their a, perspective. There's a kind of a, a, a nobility that right, they're but, but there to. is an idealism in mm-hmm. in some of them. There's mm-hmm. there, right. there is this this sense of virtue that's right. been corrupted. That's what I was but because you know they've also been taught at the same time that that the the very uh, America itself and the Constitution is the guilty party, right? right? So they abandon all the principles. We don't believe in free speech. We don't respect property rights. And, and, and then, you know, when you don't have that, you abandon the rule of law, then you just have to pursue these ends through uh, violence, mm-hmm. and which, which is never going to, you know, that's, that's not where you want to be, right? Because mm-hmm. you're going to have, you suffer because of that. Right. right? I mean, even if you think of, even if you think you're pushed to that point where, all of your means in the rule of law are taken from you, right? The right. government is unresponsive, whatever. Mm-hmm. We say this to the politicians. When, you don't, when, you, when you're ignoring the Constitution, when you're denying people um, their redress within the system, then you are driving them to revolution right. and to violence because that's the only thing left. Right. But you have to understand, even when you are the one pushing that system, you're going to have to suffer as well. I mean, violence begets violence. Right. So that, that's the whole up, point of the way our system was built. Train up your children in the way that they shall go. Train them up in liberty. Train them up in the love of the rights of others. God bless you guys. We will see you next time.